0: GameZillaMedia.com Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the is in major gaming news.
1: The GameZilla Podcast.
0: Look, one of them now.
1: Welcome to the GameZilla podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grim, and with me remotely, the only Butterboy.
0: I would prefer to be referred to as Florida Man or Gator Lad, at least for the remainder of this episode, being that I just returned from the land of meth and dinosaurs, (laughs) and I am back to the gray skies and high winds and missing internet and unfunctional furnaces of the great state of Michigan. All I heard from everything you just said is your new name is Buttermeth. Got it. Buttermeth, You, you yes. are the
1: new street drug. Got it.
0: It's extra addictive and deadly on two fronts. <laughs> <laughs> bad for your teeth, bad for your heart.
1: Oh, well, welcome to episode 370 of the GameZilla podcast brought to you by
0: our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media is where you can start your patronage if you're listening to the show and think to yourself, I like those guys. I want to keep them off the hard streets. No one thinks that. Of the redneck Riviera, Panama City, Florida. Those streets were hard. I could have ended up homeless there and uh, without your contributions of keeping this podcast running, I would have no reason to come home. So he did end is-
1: up toothless, though. Crazy.
0: Yeah, they call me old gums now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I need dentures. Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. There's some cool perks available for you. Uh, Patreon starts as low as $1 per month. There's a $5 per month tier that gets you exclusive access to podcasts that are only available there for you. And uh, we'd love for you to sign up and support us. Appreciate you. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, from Butterboy to Meth Man, says Super Lars, in the, uh, in the games of the live chat on our Discord.
0: I really leveled up. And, yeah, that's one of the perks to our patrons. You get to be in here for the live experience. If we got to edit shit out, you'll know about it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Put it in like your this, blog. Like this whole Patreon post. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we do have. this is a video game podcast not uh, not hard drugs so we're gonna we're gonna transition into it we got some uh some big news this week um we're gonna start it off with topic number one playstation plus has- sony has finally revealed the uh the future of playstation plus so we knew that um over over the past couple months that Sony had been making some moves PS plus cards had been disappearing from store shelves and there was a lot of rumors that they were getting ready to finally release their competitor to Xbox Game Pass and uh we got it finally we we finally got to learn more about it uh in the PS plus um situation that uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what you're going to call it the tiers I guess PS plus tiers that they have released so Let's kind of just dive right into the the options, and then we can kind of have our opinion piece on this. So, um, first of all, for anybody that doesn't care at all about this, and they just want PlayStation Plus so they can play online and do what they already do, then you have the $9.99. The $10 a month will be the PlayStation Plus Essential tier, and it will offer the exact same that PlayStation Plus has now. So... Uh, it does include the dozen plus games already available as the PlayStation Plus collection, which we were we were aware of already um, upon release of the PlayStation Five. Uh, next up, we have the fourteen ninety nine PlayStation Plus Extra. It gets you up to four hundred PS four and PS five games to download. Finally, the seventeen ninety nine PlayStation Plus Premium gets you up to an extra. 340 games on top of the 400 we already talked about, which include games from the original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS3. Some of these additional games are available to download, but others like those originally released for the PS3 can only be streamed. So that uh, that is the tier system for the PlayStation Plus options. And... Um, there, I guess the only other thing I want to add to that before we get into our thoughts on it, there are also discounts available if you choose to pay for a subscription on a quarterly or yearly basis. Um, the the prices I don't have uh, listed in front of me, but it but it does look like they're going to give you a break uh, if you just pay for you know, again, three months or
0: or the year, uh, they'll give you a slight break. So. Yeah, you, you get a you get a you get a nice break. At least, like looking at the base plan, the math's the easiest. Um, just, you know, the regular PlayStation Plus Essentials you go from $10 a month to $25 quarterly. So that's $25 for three months or uh, I gotcha. the yearly is 60 bucks, uh, which is similar to what it is now. Um, I think yeah, I think that's the same price breakdown that it is now uh, for the extras. It's $15 a month, 40 quarterly or 100 a year you can do the math on that one I'm not a math guy and then uh for that uh premium $18 $50 and $120 for the year. So Those they are, are giving de- you a yeah. break if you're yeah, older decent. Absolutely.
1: Um okay, so with that being said, uh I think obviously this is a improvement for Sony like they had to do something right and uh this does I think the amount of games that you that you have access to is is good and and I think more than I expected out of the gate from sony uh I don't necessarily like the one thing I don't like about this is the pay gate for the original playstation p s two p s p and p s three only have you only can gain access to that from the playstation plus premium that that part really really kind of bugs me. Um, along with the one thing we didn't mention, which I guess is kind of the biggest deal, is that they're, uh, they will not be adding exclusive titles to, Playsta- to this PlayStation Plus system uh, on launch day. So like where Game Pass, when a Halo game drops, a Forza game drops, a Gears of War game drops, whatever those first-party games drop, they're available on Game Pass the day they come out. That will not be happening with this. So that's a big, that's a big thing. I, I, I do understand why Sony is deciding to try it this way. Um, but it is kind of a, it is a knock in my opinion, a negative in my opinion, uh, when you compare the two and then, and then basically, you know, uh, paywall blocking the originals that everyone's been asking for forever. Um to your highest tier is kind of that, that to me is really kind of uh, unfortunate. You know, like when you think of Game Pass, sure, when you go to Ultimate, you unlock like third party, like, you know, EA Play and, and like different things that you can add uh, along with like, um, I, I always call it X Cloud now still, but you know, but still like their, their streaming functionality, being able to stream all the games using when you're using Ultimate. Like there is perks to Ultimate, but the paywall of like original, original Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox one. It doesn't really, it doesn't exist. You know, you, you kind of have, you have uh the ability to play all that across their tiers. And so I don't like yeah, that. that it, you have to jump to premium for this. You
0: know, the ultimate bundles everything together. And as far as I know, the only thing that is exclusive, like you mentioned is the streaming, but when you go to Ultimate, you also get the entirety of Game Pass for PC. So you actually get a whole secondary platform. I think Sony's answer to this is when you're in that premium here on this one, you do have uh, streaming to PC also available for the streaming titles.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have streaming. Um, you know, It's also interesting to me that PS3 is streaming only. Like, like how jacked up <laughs> is the PS3 era of Sony? That, like they can't get these games to like natively play on other systems. You have to stream them. Like like PS3 has been a problem for them for so long at this point, where people are like, "Why can't I play PS3 games on?" You know, like, and and I don't know, man. It's so it's so weird. I, and I know the architect and everything uh, around the PS3 was so unique and and weird. But still, like wow, talk about just a headache for them to sit there and not be able to. Oh, you can download everything else,
0: but PS3, you guys got to stream it. So yeah, it is wild. They can't they can't run those. Yeah, they can't put together an emulator to make those things run right.
1: Yeah, and so I mean, um, I'm glad PlayStation PS2 PSP. I don't really care about PS3 honestly at this point. Um, but like the 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 PS1 and the PS2 for sure. PSP playing on my TV. I can, I can only imagine how my eyes are going to bleed trying to play one of those games, but PlayStation, I mean, even PlayStation, too, like original PlayStation too, like these games are going to look a little rough, but the idea of uh, having them, there's so many people that have been, that have been, you know, wanting uh, this to become a thing. Uh, so now here's your option. I just don't necessarily like that. You just, you, you pack that all into your, uh, your premium bundle when like, you know i don't know I, I maybe i would be like we're talking about only a few dollars so like the playstation extra having having you know like because again playstation essential doesn't get you anything other than like the, the dozen games that they through the playstation plus collection so like 14.99 is really your entry into getting like the game catalog a, a game catalog i should say right so like at 1799 you get you get the the current catalog current slash like last gen catalog and then at 1799 1799 you get all the other stuff and it's like okay well when i'm already at 15 to get the to get the first catalog then i'm only talking about upgrading a few bucks to get the rest of it but it still just i don't know it bugs me it, it bothers me for some reason
0: i'd almost i'd almost rather they're not even I, again we're speaking for us not maybe your average person. I don't know, but I, I just assume there just be the two tiers.
1: Yeah, like, honestly, hey, they would have just ten dollars a of, month. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's PlayStation Plus, and then for an additional seven dollars a month, you get all this other stuff. And you present it in that value. It's yes, it's almost double in price, but it's not a crazy jump to add seven additional dollars for a really robust library. Assuming that's what this is going to be. Um, so the the, the mid tier just kind of muddies it up, but I guess there is there could be a big portion of players who like listen, uh, I ain't gonna stream nothing to my computer, and pff, I don't want to play games that came out in 1997. Like there's there could be a a large collection of people that have no interest in what's being offered for that three additional dollars. I just know for you and I, that middle tier is pointless.
1: Yeah, but for three extra dollars, when you just mention the fact that you have streaming capabilities, right? You know, like, yeah. like, like they're like, okay, ignore PS One, PS Two, PSP, and P- PS Three, then, and pay, and you're paying, you know, the seven ninety nine extra for streaming, and and uh, and four hundred PS Four and PS Five games to start right out the gate, you know, and that's gonna, exp- and that'll grow. So, like, to me and super large said it too. the middle tier doesn't make any sense at all. Like, like, yeah, 1499 just seemed like I could, I could totally see them actually like in time, not right away, but in time, like eliminating that middle tier, you know, or if they want to be were
0: 1299 or it was 11, if it was, old, yes. like a, if it was that co- If there was that middle point instead of being five additional dollars, put it at 1299. So it's three more dollars over the base thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's all that little extra separation could make it make more sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, other than that, again, I go back to this. And we don't, and I don't need to spend a ton of time on it. But it, it, this still is a good move and a good announcement for Sony. They need to do something to be comp- to to be somewhat competitive with Game Pass because Game Pass has been doing so well and 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 continues to grow, continues to somehow expand its uh you know its value by adding more and more to it. But I mean, we you know we're seeing everybody go this route i mean you know when when you have the likes of of ubisoft and ea and 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 uh, all these other like you know companies that are building these uh these uh you know digital libraries for people to pay subscriptions into you know and sony's over here and they have they have nothing like they really really need you know they needed to step into this so Good for them, I, you know it's, it it sounds good you know we'll see what happens it's going to roll out to uh, to the other weird thing is they're rolling out in like chunks, so the uh, Asian markets will get it in June, and then North America, Europe, and others will be following closely behind um, there it, it does get a little bit more confusing for some people overseas because I guess there are some areas that um, will not have the they won't have uh, the acts the the availability to the seventeen ninety nine plan due to like I think streaming laws and th- or things like that, or limit maybe even limitations of like the um, you know internet infrastructure in those areas. So there there's like a there's like a unique package for them that only will be available to them. So like that's uh, you know that's an additional piece that we we didn't really cover, but it does does exist. So.
0: Yeah, Something I think that's a little so one of the things that's also in here is, is isn't there like additional offers and discounts, you know, that sort of thing? Um, I which is pretty. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, it was normal at Game Pass to yeah. um,
1: slash Xbox Gold or whatever, you know, back in the time. So um, as far as like, you know, uh, playing a game, really liking it, wanting to buy it so you could get you, you get like a special potentially you could get like a, a sale price on it versus the normal retail asking price. That's what you're getting so, at, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so hear hear me out on 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 my my thought process here. None of us are shocked that Sony isn't offering day one first party releases on this platform. None of us are shocked that there's not that they're they're not offering certain, the exclusivity to the stream to their their PlayStation Plus platform because we've all known that. Their bread and butter is the money they make off their exclusive games, and they don't have the same uh, financial backing that Xbox has to to go in on their services in this way. But what I would have loved to see is something additional when it comes to a game being exclusive. They said there's none, but it would have been cool to say, hey, this year, the launch year, you are going to get this game that's going to be available day one on it. Not, not all of their titles, but it would be nice if they could give us something in that regard or say you're going to receive discounts day one on new release Sony titles. So if you want to buy it from their marketplace, instead of it being the $70 full release price, maybe you're saving 10 or 15% for being a, a premium tier member. So that is sort of easing the uh the the blow of not receiving day one games in comparison to what's going on over at Xbox is the popularity of Game Pass and Xbox is rising. Um, I think it would just help sort of soften maybe some salt from some of the from some players that are on the fence. I know we a lot of uh, Sony players aren't on the fence and are anti Xbox. You know, you see that nastiness in the community um, across the people being childish on the internet. But I, I would have loved to see. Uh, a clear understanding of incentivized discounts for new release titles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I like that idea, you know, um I think I think there's just a little bit of cockiness here. That the almost it, it almost feels like Sony's thinking we don't have to do it. That, that's kind of what I, you know, that, and and that's
0: kind of how I feel about it. Um you know, that they're not <laughs> they're not acting like a company that has any concern over the fact that Activision Blizzard just got bought by their competitor.
1: Which may you know, actually so be that may actually get canceled. There's a lot of a lot of stipulation there that might be falling apart here, but yeah, being blocked more or less I should say.
0: But um, and maybe they know, and maybe maybe Sony knows something about it because as soon as all those games start landing on Game Pass it, again, it's just going to continue to make the offering on their competitor look stronger. I'm very interested to see what this library, what these different libraries are actually going to look like because I do think they were making strides with PlayStation now. Yeah, and I and like
1: I don't know. I guess you know, we don't have the number, you know, Microsoft is eh, since, since their early piss poor years of the Xbox one have not been very public with, with any type of, you know, numbers, right. Data. So we don't really have uh, exact numbers when it comes to, all right, well, what are the revenues, you know, the revenue for say the new halo game versus like everybody that played it on game pass. Right. And so, you know how much did it leech off of what their ex your their expected sales of the game was you know were so it's stuff like that that we don't understand that like when Sony's going to throw out a a naughty dog game or something or you know sucker punch game or something like that like how bad could it you know could it leech into it at the same time how much could that could that up their uh, subscription count for the place for the new PS plus um but in all reality, like to, I look at it in in that way, is is does Sony look at it and say, "Well, when I put a when we when we drop a Naughty Dog game, you guys are going to buy it anyways because because we got you, we own you, right?" And that's kind of how it feels to me versus where Xbox, you know, when when games like Halo, Gears of War, Forza, no matter their no matter their their condition on day one, like like they are big games, right? And and they do sell, uh, but but what. How have they sold in recent time? You know, we have we have a Halo game, we have a Forza game now that that were released during this era of of Game Pass. So, like, what is the difference, right? And so that's the stuff that we unfortunately don't have uh, straight numbers to compare and be like, well, this is this is why Sony believes that you know p- profitability wise. But we can assume that that is that that is the case, is that they're they're worried that the initial Buy-in on this PS Plus system is not going, to, you know, its not going to work well. But like at the same time, if you told me someone who doesn't use their PS Five that much, and me, if you told me the PS Plus did include that stuff, I would actually buy it. Now I'm looking at it, I go, I probably won't buy it. Um, yeah. I, I probably don't have an interest in buying this, but if you did uh, you know, allow things to hit that store, even, even if it was like a week after launch, we're going to have it hit the store. I probably would buy it because it would give me enough curiosity to want to explore my PS five more with a minimal, you know, I don't want to say, yeah, I, I'd say a minimal investment versus buying $70 video games that I just don't believe I'm going to put enough time in to warrant my purchase. So like, you know, I thought about um, picking up Gran Turismo and 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 you know, I, and everyone knows I like racing games, but I was worried because I'm like, I don't really think I'm going to play this game. But if I could have tried Gran Turismo through PS Plus and end up enjoying it, putting a lot of time into it, then I, you know, like, just like I did with Forza, I would buy all the DLC. I would buy the season pass. I would buy all that stuff that you're adding to the game. So. I don't know, you know, and and in the grand scheme, if I'm like I use Game Pass for like right now, I don't even use it, but I still have it. But like I was using it for Halo and Forza. That was it. So I'm paying how much per month for two games. Right. And so like in the grand scheme of it, after after X amount of months, when you're looking at me as a customer, just me, Microsoft is making money off me because I am not utilizing it to play all the hundreds and hundreds of games they have. I'm using it to play two. And out of those two, I gave you money in your in your marketplace store for 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 uh, Halo, and I bought and I bought your deluxe package add-on, which gives me all the season DLC and and all that and car pass and all that crap for for Forza. I bought I, I literally gave you guys money on top of my game pass for those two games, and those are the only two games I'm utilizing. So again, like I don't know, you you, you have to look at it in different ways versus just like you just have to look at it in different ways that's all i'm saying but um yeah i don't know i uh, i'm i'm happy for sony to announce this i'm look you know hopefully the rollout starts in june hopefully north america gets it quickly after and and again they're they built their entire new back end on microsoft's platform azure uh so they have a whole new cloud platform that they're building a lot of this on the back end of so i'm really hoping that performance wise and everything it, it's going to it's going to run well and you know sony could have um have some some really good uh, a really good offering here a really good service to provide to their fan base absolutely yeah and also super large said something in in the live chat that i agree streaming gaming right now isn't ready for prime time period i don't care what i don't care what product you have or whatever it's just not ready like does it work okay sure depend in, in certain situations but is it like just plug and play super easy for like someone like me? Can I get streaming to work pretty well? Yeah. But like, I don't know, someone like my dad getting the game to stream properly. I don't I don't think he could. It's, it's just not it's not set up. It's not ready. It's not easy enough. It's not it doesn't work well enough. Uh, the experience isn't good enough to uh, to really like I'll do use that as like a, a major perk anywhere. And I feel, like, I feel like Game Pass has kind of learned that. I feel like, you know, xCloud had all this, like, talk around it. And now it's just kind of,
0: like, stuffed into Ultimate. Like, yeah, yeah, you get this. <laughs> like, I don't hear a whole lot about it so anymore. Here's what, I, here's what I actually love about the streaming. I am not going to sit there and, and stream a ton of games. But what I have done is been like, oh, this Game Pass game looks kind of cool. Do I want to download this and wait to play it? No, let me fire up a cloud session and let me play it for a half hour and decide if it's a game that I want to commit time to and space on my hard drive to. I've done that multiple times. Like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, let me just play this for a few minutes and see if I like it. And it's actually a nice way to just kind of demo the stuff that's available there for you without taking the time for a download because not all of us have sweet gig speed internet. Some of us uh, barely even have internet some of the time. True. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you, we just got done in the pre-show talking about how you didn't have internet. But uh, yeah, I
0: just had enough, just enough to stream yeah. most of the time. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, you found you found a useful piece for it, for sure. But, you know, it's, it's not marketed as a demo piece, you know, like you you f- you found a way to uniquely use it. And that's good. But I mean, the problem is these companies are, you know, Google Stadia market like they're entirely marketing their entire platform on the fact that you just play games from any TV with their random controller. You know, like and that's just it's just not it's just that's just not the way anyone is ready to play games yet you know and right. we, and we're seeing it i mean we're you know and, and i mean the the nintendo switch tr- is trying it in japan more so than here but they're trying it in japan to stream things it it's not it just doesn't work you know we ha- it, it's just across the board uh amazon luna is is another example um they just they're not like i don't know anybody that that's their primary way of gaming I knew one person that their primary way of gaming was GeForce Now, and they went out and bought a laptop so they didn't have to do it anymore. So, uh, yeah. But at least, at least Butterboy figured out a way to uh, get some value out of it.
0: Yeah, and I, I know that the 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 end game for streaming for them is supposed to be to prolong the life of older hardware as well.
1: Right. Yep. Yep. Offload some of that, some of that, uh, horsepower requirements. So, all right. Um, the last little piece I had here was revolving around Xbox, uh, with all this PlayStation news that came out, Xbox game pass did come out and, uh, a five person family plan for their Xbox game pass, uh, coming out later this year. So, um, nothing, nothing, uh, price wise or anything has been released. So, the uh, the actual pricing has not been reported so it's uh, not clear how much of the, of a deal this will be for smaller groups but five person you know if you're paying ultimate prices right now ultimate is $15 a month so and like my wife and I both have that so you know we're paying $30 a month technically when it, at its full price point so does that mean if i move into a family plan can I save five bucks a month? You know, I can't imagine I save much more than that, right? So, or or because this is a five person, is it actually more? And then all of a sudden I need to, like, try to find, like, some friends to jump on this plan with me. And can I do that? Or are they going to try to, you know, mess with me because our IPs and locations are different and they, uh, you know, they, they try to block us. Like, how how is that all going to work is still up in the air. But, um, but right now uh, they did announce the Game Pass family plan. For five people, more details coming soon.
0: I'm interested to know more. You have my attention, Microsoft.
1: Yeah, because maybe it's something where it's like, hey, let's just uh, let's grab let's grab Butterboy, let's grab a couple other people, and let's just all go in on this. I'd be down. <clears throat> but okay, so that's that's that topic, guys. Uh, PS Plus, and then a slight little plug for the Xbox Game Pass uh, news. Uh, our next topic we're gonna move into is. E3 2022, we just, we just had a show talking about E3 2022 announcement and everything. And uh, the digital and physical E3 2022 has been canceled.
0: Womp <laughs> uh,
1: After previously canceling its in-person 2022 uh, event, the ESA has now informed its partners that there will be no digital event equivalent this year either. So fully canceled, the news broke uh, via a tweet from a Razor PR lead, Will Powers, who said that an email had been sent out announcing the cancellation of digital E3 event. And uh, yeah, the ESA had initially planned for an in-person E3 event this year after having no event in, 20, uh, in 2020 due to COVID-19 and a digital one in 2021. However, this was canceled in January with the ESA at the time unable to make a public statement on whether or not there would be a digital equivalent. Uh, according to the sources speaking to IGN at the time, discussions around E3 had been um, f- uh, fraught throughout the year, and third parties normally involved finding the ESA's ongoing silence regarding their plans frustrating. Sources connected to the event tell IGN and others the the discuss I'm reading this from IGN if you guys didn't know. The discussions about a possible digital equivalent have been ongoing ever since, but without strong momentum to drive them. Instead, the ESA seems to be making plans to regroup for a larger comeback in twenty twenty three. This is a trend that we're seeing over and over again. Uh, ESA has shared an official statement confirming the cancellation, announcing that E3 will return in 2023 with reinvigorated showcase. Uh, We will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer, whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices. The 2023 showcase will bring the community media and industry back together in an all new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. Um, They they did go on to say that the ESA added that the 2022 showcase had been canceled so the organization can focus its resources on the 2023 show. So like nowhere in here is it like oh due to COVID or due to this right because I mean the world it has kind of spun back up and you know there's pe- people are getting out and there's concerts and there's and there's you know I mean I went to a golf convention the other weekend so like um, it it is interesting that this cancellation seems to be like E3 just wasn't gonna be ready this year or it wasn't gonna be good or the the interest from other parties didn't seem to be there I'm not sure but not a good look for E3. You know, considering everybody's excited to get out, everybody's excited to have the the opportunity to get to a PAX, to get to you know their favorite concert, you know to get to whatever.
0: Um, This is uh, unfortunate. Yeah, I um, June E three gives us something to look forward to in June. It is like it's sort of like the Super Bowl in some ways for gaming fans. It's, it's a time to be excited because you know you're going to have an amazing announcement. It, it's setting up your whole next couple years of anticipation for gaming releases. And I know that we've had a really nice um, set of presentations from Microsoft and Nintendo and Sony over the last few years just doing their own thing. And I'm sure ultimately that has hurt some of the excitement around E3, but none of these things, None of these shows being independently released and just kind of teased are ever going to capture the same magic of we know for one week in June, we're going to get some dope announcements and we're going to get some hype and we're going to get some surprises. And so, I don't know, E3 has been losing some steam, but I don't know, none of us wanted to lose it, you know? Yeah, I mean that's
1: exactly it. I know E3 has been struggling and there's been, you know, there's been a lot of issues, but like overall there's just nothing like getting, you know, get like you're saying, having that week gearing up for your for the big 3 to take the stage, watching the people in the, you know, even if you're not there and you're watching it live, watching the people in the crowd and and getting their their instantaneous reaction to what hits the screen there. Like it it, it creates life, it creates energy that you just cannot produce. No one has produced In any form uh, during this, you know, pandemic, virtually, and so, and we're not even getting that. So now, what we're going to see is we're probably going to see these companies coming out and putting together some of their own, you know, events similar to Nintendo Directs and stuff like that that we're used to. PlayStation State of Play, you know, and and Microsoft's whatever they call it. Um, But you know, I just it's just not the same and you know there there is that thing where like i mean us as podcasters we've been doing this for years now like june got was a very exciting time because like we would we would bunker down and for like 3 to 4 days straight we would record shows every night and we would do we'd watch the event and then literally hit the record button you know and, and just be full of energy and excitement and everything and 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 create these uh these special episodes and it's just like we haven't been really been able to do that uh, the same way in years now, and so it's just it sucks from that standpoint of of the industry and, and the struggle, uh, both both due to pandemic, also due to just this particular event that was the staple for your your you know your yearly hype hype train, and now it's just um, having major problems. And so I I do hope they can come back in 2023, but like what they're saying right now is the same thing they said a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, I don't know. I do obviously don't know all the situations that are, that are, you know, involved and, 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 uh, you know, the difficulties that they're surrounding everything, but it's, uh, definitely a bummer. This is def this is definitely a disappointment and I do hope I know IGN already came out and said that they're planning to build a show and everything. And, you know, like these companies are going to have something that kind of floats around that time. So I hope it's, Decent, but it's it's just not going to be the same. Agree. All right. Well, I don't think we got to spend any more time on that. Sucks. E3 has been canceled for 2022. We'll see you again in 2023 with uh, hopefully better news.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Not optimistic about it. All right. And so we didn't do a show last
1: week and we're back this week. So something we would have talked about last week. Fortnite dropped its new season. Chapter 3, Season 2 is live. It's called Resistance. And uh, with it, some very interesting uh, situations going on within Fortnite. So the first thing that we should talk about is if if you've been living under a rock and you haven't paid attention to anything in the world, Fortnite currently has no building. As in, you can't build in the game that became famous for building. Um, In the trailer, you you see a character named Sloan that uh, has some sort of contraption that seems to disable building in the game. Uh, We thought it was going to be some sort of object you'd find in the game that would like delete builds if you activated it. Nope, you started the game, and you just can't build. And it's been that way since. So uh, very weird, but uh, a lot of it makes sense. And so we've talked about the uh, you know last season they added sliding right and it was really nice it felt good this season they added sprinting and I know you're gonna say well you could already run now you can run even faster but you have a stamina bar and then they uh, and so you can run, you basically can sprint and then you can mantle so because you can't build up how do you how do you start to like you know progress up buildings or up you know uh, different different objects in the game uh, by mantling so you basically run you jump. And you hold the jump button or, or the space bar depending on what, what you're using for uh, input. But, um, you know, and then you'll grab and you'll climb up. And just like sliding, these new mechanics feel butter smooth. They feel, they feel like they've belonged in the game forever. But I also kind of feel like when they knew they were adding these, these mechanics, taking building away was a way to really enforce people to use the mechanics. So, in chapter three, season one, when they added sliding, I kept forgetting to slide. I kept forgetting it was an option to slide. And then eventually it worked into me. And like I, I started sliding all the time. But the sprinting mantling thing, uh, because they force you to use it because you can't build, it was quickly ingrained into us that, you know, to use it. And so that was one thought in my mind. I said, well, this is why this is one reason why building is gone. It's really smart. they want to add these new mechanics to the game and they want their player base to get used to them before they bring building back because now people can build, but maybe I can just mantle up a build instead of having to build up with them right like so now these mechanics are going to stick around and then building will come back and it'll it's going to add a whole nother layer to build fights and so that's going to be very interesting but um the the crazy news though is that When they took building away, I think a lot of people thought, oh, this is only going to be a couple days because no one's going to be okay with this. And in fact, everyone absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. It brought players back to the game that swore they would never play the game ever again. Dr. Disrespect, which is one of the most negative Fortnite people in the world, has tweets out admitting that he never thought he would say this. But Fortnite is actually fun right now, so like, and it's true, guys. It's true. I am someone that's I'm a decent builder. I'm a and, and I've really started to enjoy Fortnite in, in its form that it was in. So I was a little concerned about this until I played it and was like, I love it. It's great. It's fun. This is a, this is such a di- it's a different game because of this. So uh, quickly the you know the demand for this to be a permanent thing started just taking over the internet and being powered by the likes of, you know, people that have enjoyed the fame of Fortnite, like Ninja and others, you know, uh, that are, that are supporting the fact that no build needs to stay. And so as its own mode, of course, which has happened, we, we now see if you load into the game, there is the, the, the no build modes that exist. They are the only modes you can choose right now, so that's why it's still no build on, uh only in Fortnite. But they've been they've been recategorized within the mode selection as an actual mode, which means we're going we we will uh see build modes come back and then you'll be able to choose you know which which version of the game you want to play. I think this is smart because from a player base, you're gonna all the people that came back, you, you can maintain and keep them versus them just being like, Well, that was a good couple weeks, I'm out now because I don't like building. You keep those people in place, you bring back the people that do miss the building, which building is still existent in Arena right now, guys. Like, there's still ways to, to play building form if you want, but um, but building, it, bringing it back in like a public style, you know, pub side of, of gameplay, uh, will bring back that player base, make them happy. And then, on a competitive scene, you actually have created a whole nother la- layer of competitive scene that like now you can have no build tournaments, no build you know uh um, events and everything like that. so very interesting that you're you've ex- expanded your game by removing a mechanic, and that's pretty uh genius
0: thoughts on that yeah it, yeah it's the the building aspect of fortnite has always been potentially a deal breaker for people because you have a lot of players that enjoy a PUBG or a war zone or, you know, a, a more traditional shooter and you get into Fortnite, you hop in with your friends and everyone's building and you can't figure out what's going on. You're not managing your resources. And then, you know, you're just getting shot while people are building towers and dropping in on you with shotguns. And it it's, it's a, it's such a, unique mechanic to a shooting game it it causes some people to just not have interest in it um now mind you it's a little bit easier if you when you're starting out you're just playing scrub lobbies but if you're <laughs> if you're playing with friends there's a good chance you're going to be a, a little bit out of your element until you get comfortable with it i've been playing fortnite for a year and i still don't feel very comfortable for building anything other than frantically trying to save my own life um, so it is nice that it it does one create uh, a little bit more diversity in the community because there is now two different gameplay styles that don't necessarily feel gimmicky. Uh, you know, you could do r- rumble or whatever that mode's called. You, yeah. There's other things you can do in Fortnite, but they all feel less than, in my opinion. None of them are... I never cue into any of those modes and think, like, I'm about to have a great time because this is something that's fun and I want to do all the time. But I can see... Having a separate mode that, hey, there's no builds here. You're just just shooting, running, and, and playing the game differently. Hey, maybe they'll come up with a different map as well that could potentially play into that long-term. Like, hey, this map is better or more interesting for a non-building uh, game. I don't know. But overall, I think it's a great thing for the game.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think so too. So that 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 being like the big, big talking piece of this new season um it's been it's been really really fun i've had some good wins i've had some some really fun like uh fights and uh the the one thing i can say about the game is that is that because of it you know obviously now it's just as a player your aim right your aim and and ability to just to just annihilate someone because yeah, yeah, there's a tree, there's a rock, like maybe you can hide beside behind something, but really it comes down to just gunfight. And so I really enjoyed it from that standpoint because that's one of my strong points as a gamer. So it, it's really allowed me to have some some crazy fun. Um where building was me was always challenging me and I was trying to better myself and I had gotten better at it, but it was my it was still my weak point when it came to playing, you know, uh competitively on Fortnite. So I, uh, I'll welcome, I'll welcome both modes. I, you know, I want to continue to enjoy a building mode, but the fact that this is going to stick around is really cool. And I like it because I do have my friends that like the one, the reasons why they don't play Fortnite was the building. So the fact that there is no building has brought some of them to the game and they're really having fun. So like, that's good. So keep, keep it going. Uh, Other things I wanted to kind of talk about, with this uh with this new season is uh bars to turn the tide is back so you get we've seen this before but basically there's going to be these uh you know these these uh pop-up um signs that you can go walk up to and you can donate your gold to pick you know something uh so like funding the example the battle bus so right now there there were there were just tanks in the game and now there's tanks and battle buses armored battle buses and the idea is like people, the you know the player base funded the addition of the battle bus. And so that's done. And now we're seeing the next board that popped up is which gun is going to be unlocked permanently for the rest of the season. And you get to pick between the MK assault rifle coming back, which everyone fell in love with last season. And then the combat assault rifle, uh, assault rifle, I believe is the, the other option um, in the vote. So I, I would imagine the MK wins that one out if it hasn't already, but that's the next vote. But let's talk about weapons a little bit in this in this season, because the fact that you can't build and because, you know, the range, the range fights have become more more important. Um, We've seen gun selection change a little bit Uh, combat. so we have some new weapons first. All new weapons to the game is the combat SMG, which was really popular just recently got balanced, guys. So uh, before the balance, though. This was an OP gun that everybody was, you know, enjoying, but also complaining about. It, it has been balanced a bit just just recently, and um, it does feel still good, but not as OP. Uh, the other gun that they added uh, new was the Striker Burst Rifle, um, with a custom sight. Uh, basically, it's a two shot semi automatic weapon, and it has a has a scope and is an absolute just just damage bringer. Um, love this gun never thought i would sit there and say that about a two shot you know uh burst gun but it is a lot of fun to use and i like it so they um those are your two new guns they've added both obviously the combat smg is faster uh fire shooting but it but it's not as fast to say the stinger right so um not as fast as the other smg which is still in the game but um you know hits a little harder has a little more range things like that so um if you could tame the recoil on the combat assault on the sorry the combat SMG, it is a uh is a beast. Uh unvaulted weapons would be the thermal scoped assault rifle. This one's pretty cool. It's single shot based set or semi-auto. Um, but you could fire it pretty fast, reduced damage, but it uh has that, that nice thermal scope, so it's been a really good gun if you're trying to find people hiding in bushes and things like that, since people can't build, there there's a lot of camping going on in different ways. The drum shotguns back out. uh, Fires a little bit slower than before. Slightly increased damage. uh, Tighter spread. Better fall off. This the drum shotgun guys is absolutely ridiculous. And you can even though it says it fires slower, (laughs) it is still a a rapid firing shotgun. That is the only thing is, yeah, it takes a minute to reload. But that gun decimates. And if you can get it in a purple, you know, an epic or legendary status, the gun is is godly. (laughs) um the revolver came back uh fires faster reduced damage higher accuracy i don't really use the revolver but i have it does hit hard you know hits like a tank if you use it but um not not one of my favorites right now remote explosives have been adjusted with increased damage against vehicles this was obviously brought in because of the tanks and because of the battle buses and then we've seen some people have some fun with it uh thermal scoped revolver is an exotic weapon the storm scout sniper rifle is an exotic weapon that's back and um shockwave grenades are back as well uh that's that's one of your big kind of uh movement pieces that you can carry on you there there are cannons that you can shoot yourself out of you know uh to, for movement as well and then uh the season has blimps floating over mo- most of the major pois that allow you to kind of hit the you know they're similar to like the the uh shield shield ships they have the 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 giant uh uh, spinning blades on the side holding them in the air so you can use those to throw yourself in the air and glide away as well so lots of ways to kind of move around the map since the spider web slingers are gone chapter three season one returners uh we have the ranger assault rifle barf um that came back striker pump shotgun the auto shotgun sidearm pistol the stinger smg like i said it's, we got the same sniper which is the hunter bolt action sniper at your three shot sniper uh shadow tracker exotic exotic weapon marksman six shooter exotic weapon the dub exotic weapon and boom sniper uh, exotic weapon are still in the game so that's your weapon breakdown for this season with, like I said, right now, the voting and the uh, the gold spending is to bring the MK or combat assault rifle back. I hope the MK wins. In my opinion, I'd like to see that back in the game. Any thoughts on the on the weapons there? Butterboy?
0: I mean, I would love to see the MK back because I think that gun is the best addition uh, as a weapon in my entire, you know, year plus playing Fortnite, so of course i'm gonna try to throw a little bit of gold into that one i've probably played five rounds of this season um due to being on vacation last week and uh, i so i don't have a great grip on all of the weapons but the the drum shotgun i was definitely having some fun with trying to just try (laughs) to get, get a grasp of using it so
1: yeah absolutely um okay yeah i mean I'd say the drum shotguns one of my favorites. The combat SMG is really fun. Um, and like the, um, I, I call it the AUG, but the striker burst rifle is, is a, is super cool too. It'll be interesting if the MK wins and it starts to show up in the game. Like wh- how I adjust, do I carry MK or do I stick with that, that burst gun? Cause it's, it just is, uh, you know, it hits, it hits hard. Um, let's talk a little bit about the POI. I mentioned the IO blimps floating above. The interesting with the IO blimps too, is that we now have vertical zip lines, uh, both to the blimps. And we do have some vertical zip lines throughout the map too, but that's something new, um, along with just like, you know, your typical horizontal zip lines. So the blimps are interesting. They're IO controlled, you know, they have some NPCs on them and then they're just, they're a giant blimp. They have a ton of loot on them. And, and again, they have, uh, cannons and, and the, and the engines that can allow you to gain some, uh, some movement around the map once you need to rotate away from that blimp. And uh, the fun thing is that the way the map's kind of lo- designed is that if most of the time, if you want to, if you need to rotate, you can take that cannon, you can shoot yourself basically right towards like the next blimp. If you want to start blimp jumping um, from one to the next, it is, it is, uh, it is a, a meta right now. It is, a, it is a strategy that we've been seeing. So um, pretty cool. Um, pretty neat. There's some rumors right now that the blimp that is floating over the Daily Bugle, because Daily Bugle still is standing, is going to crash into Daily Bugle. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that in the next couple of days. But uh, that's the, right now data miners and get, you know, and some of these people that have just been they're pretty good at guessing what's going to happen uh, have been, re- you know, been leaking some of that information. Like I uh, mentioned, the IO um, Titan Tanks is the is the tank I mentioned that's in game right now. Uh, it is it's a, it's a beast. It's a very cool. Uh, I, th- I was a little worried anytime they start to add in these types of major, you know, big, big, big time vehicles. I get a little worried of like flashing back a couple seasons to like the UFOs and the mechs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just like some of it and it kind of like taking the fun out of the game where where it's just too OP. It's too much. I honestly think the tank at first at first we had a couple rounds where we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to get old. But then we started to kind of learn what how we could combat it. Right. And, And there's a lot of a lot of ways to combat it. And so like we won rounds where it was, you know, I was playing a duo with Super Lars. And we won the round. It was us two on the ground versus a team with a tank, and we won. You know, and it was just simply like knowing that you can shoot the tracks out on the tank to slow it down and make it make it less where it can't really move. You know, knowing you can basically both people, the person driving and in the turret, you can shoot them out. So like it, um, you know, C four C four remote uh, detonation, all sorts, all sorts of stuff that you can do to really. Um, you know, take some of the advantage of the tank away at the same time. Have we gotten in a tank driven around and just decimated entire cities? Yes. And it's a lot of fun. So not, uh, not the end of the world, but um, it's been fun and I, and I don't, I'm not sick of them yet. So that's good. That's, that's a good sign. Um, they do have a decent amount of health, um, and their tread, like I said, their treads can be destroyed, which helps. But uh, there is the new, there is the tool, which is a repair torch. There's a blowtorch in the game now, and you can use that blowtorch to fix vehicles. So by just blowtorching the vehicle, the health bar comes back, and you can repair the vehicle. So um, it does give if if a team is smart you're going to have, and, and you decide you're going to run a tank meta, you can you know, make sure some of your teammates have blowtorches. so that way when people are shooting your tracks out, are damaging your tank, you can try to you know, repair it on the fly, along with fuel, because they are very fuel-hungry uh, d- uh, t- uh, vehicles. So, um, have you had any, uh, any interaction with the tanks yet? I haven't. Okay. All right.
0: Nope. the the couple the couple rounds, the you know, let's let's call it a half dozen rounds that I've played. It's probably more than that. I have probably played ten rounds of this season. Um, I n- I never ended up getting any of the tanks. I was usually just kind of tinkering around with just learning the running and jump mechanics, playing with the new guns, and um, and then uh, just just working on whatever my dailies were. And I just never encountered any of the new vehicles. Just, but I was you know did exploring the blimps and riding the zip lines and such.
1: Yeah. So the other thing about the tanks that maybe not a lot of people know this, but dealing enough damage to the engine, which is located in the rear. So if you look at the back of the tank, it's kind of glowing red. And it's got like exhaust pipes shooting out the back of it um, temporarily will overheat the systems. um, So that's an opportunity um, time to try to take out the treads and stuff. So, and people know you can shoot the treads. People know you can damage the tank, but I don't know if they knew that it actually uh, could cause an overheat, uh, which, which the guns can overheat themselves if they just hold down too much. Um but this can actually speed up that process if you're shooting damn putting damage in at the back end of the tank so uh siege cannons are the cannons I was talking about guys they're all throughout the you know they're on the blimps they're on the ground they're everywhere you can you can use them to shoot like you know sh- bombs at people um but most but I don't really see anybody do that because they're kind of janky when it comes to that as far as like trying to lead the shots and 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 the uh the the bullet drop and everything on these are kind of weird so the real idea is though is you can shoot yourself out of the cannon so it's just a great tool to uh you know to get into somewhere for an attack to escape you know different things it's just a good good way to gain some movement um you can you shoot yourself you come out in like a cannonball form and you can de- redeploy your glider if you uh if you want to so um the other new another another item is the cow catcher, which is uh, the basically the crazy, uh, um, what, what do we want to call this? Uh, shield slash ram barricade? barricade slash like ram bar, blah, yeah, ram bar that you would throw on the front of any vehicle. You can throw it on a car. You can throw it on. You know, it comes standard on the armored battle bus. You can throw it on a semi truck, whatever. And then by having this thing on the front of your uh, vehicle you just decimate everything. I mean, you can drive straight through buildings. You can like it it just rips up everything. If you hit people, you do more damage when you hit them. I mean, it's uh it's a lot of fun and and it has created some some highlights for during my stream and I've watched, you know, I've watched a lot of people having fun with it. I've also seen people carry these around and do weird stuff where like people are like running, in, you know, around in rooms trying to like they can't build, but they're trying to you know use use buildings to block people and they'll throw them and then if you throw them like where they land right before the build they because they you know they have they're they have that front like spear it'll break the walls down and then also act as a slight little like half wall that you can get behind and kind of use as cover so people have been you know manipulating the use to the point where it, they were in competitive in arena and they've removed them since because people have been using them uh, to mess with people's building capabilities so and then i already talked about the uh, the healing torch which i think is a really cool really cool uh, option to repair any type of vehicle in the game uh, not just the tanks so other than that the only thing that uh, we have left to talk about is the battle pass uh, i think the battle pass uh, if you if you again if you haven't been paying attention it's the dr strange battle pass that's what the that's what the tail end of your battle pass and your bonus skin is the prowler uh, which is another marvel character uh, other than that, we have a bunch of you know Fortnite characters that are in the game, and I would say the Battle Pass to me coming off of a Spider-Man Battle Pass, this is this is a step back for me. Um, I don't care that much about the Battle Pass. There's a few things in it that I that I do want, and of course just based off of the amount of time I'm going to play the game, I will unlock everything. But overall, I just thought it was a little lackluster um, in in the grand scheme of the Battle Pass.
0: Man, but the prowler don't you want the prowler
1: I do want the prowler but I just think him as a bonus skin is pretty yeah. weak when, i thought you know. so too so yeah.
0: i I haven't I haven't bought the battle pass yet because admittedly I was hoping that this season's battle pass wouldn't be able to draw me in the same way that last seasons would just because i I still want to play some Fortnite and have some fun and, and hop on and game with you. But I wanted to not feel like every day I needed to be in grinding and getting done all my dailies and getting done all my seasonals to get the most out of the battle pass, because I have some other video games I want to play for the next few months. And then maybe when the next battle pass comes around, then I'll be ready to want to commit the time and do it again. So I was a little bit glad that I didn't feel the need to have to buy this battle pass. Yeah. 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 I could still change my mind eventually
1: yeah absolutely and I mean, I would agree with you, I think like there's some there's some cool skins uh I think you know, but overall, it's not last season's Battle pass uh, which I really really enjoyed. I think the bonus character is cool and i I want him, but he's not like the rock or he's not you know not that I'm a superman fan, but he's not Superman he's not like he's it's a really weird pick for the as a as like the bonus character, and Dr Strange is cool, he's just not one of my favorites, so like I want them, but at the same time, I'm not like you know. It's not Spider-Man in the same way. So, uh, the the one thing I do say that th- is better this battle pass than la- for me personally than last battle pass is the uh, the reprogram Omni Sword Pickaxe, which is basically your 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 collectibles that you're gonna uh, you're gonna collect in game. So last season was the masks, right? You you collected all the different the different masks for um f- I forgot what the character's name is, but the character that Haven is Haven, yeah, part of the battle pass. Um, and that was fine. Like they had Colombo masks and stuff like that. And I, I did get them all, but like this one's cooler because it's, uh, you're, you're collecting chips, um, um, within, within the, uh, the world and that's allowing you to buy all these different configurations so that you can take your pickaxe and you can basically build this, like this holographical, like futuristic pickaxe in like your preferred form. So color shape, you know, uh, dual blade, single blade, you know, single blade style. And, uh, at first I thought like I wasn't that I wasn't into it and then I unlocked it and I started kind of crafting a little bit and I go, okay, this is, uh, this is better than the masks, you know, um, before the season, before that it would have been, you know, your, your fish skin, uh, cartoon fish skin, and you would have been getting all the inks for all the different colors of the skin. Um, so, you know, I think again, this is probably my favorite in the last couple of seasons because I actually could use this with any skin, um versus the last two seasons you, everything you were unlocking was for one specific skin yeah. so a little more a little more flexibility here um oh and and you actually can also get unlock different sound effects too so it's it's blades guards colors, and sounds, which is pretty cool so
0: it's nice to have something that can have a little bit of utility if you get a new skin and you can't figure out, you know, what pickaxe. I like to try and have my stuff match or thematically make sense. I'm not a big fan of the the random build for, yeah. for a character loadout. Uh, so it is nice to have something you can kind of mix up and make make match with your stuff.
1: Yep. Uh, my one another knock on the season. We do have crowns this season. Uh, new season means new opportunities to flex your skill. Crown victory royales displayed in the crowning achievement emote have been reset for Chapter Three, Season Two. That is true. Uh, it, uh, it doesn't look like you can get this emote anymore. Just so that your heads up. So the fact that they're talking about this is great. But if you didn't play last season and get a win, you don't have this emote. And so we learned this oh, really? by yeah, we learned this by uh, invalid. Uh, winning you know have, playing with him winning and him not being like no i don't have it so i don't i'm not sure that the emo unlock still exists i could be wrong but i'm but I, I but again and we we won with invalid we went to go you know have him equip it and he couldn't find it so but the other knock on this is they just wiped clean your crown count without like documenting that stat anywhere which i find is just lazy how hard would it have been to have it like have a little, you know, when you go to the emote have a little like chapter three, season one, 103 wins, you know, and, and just track it because instead, like we, you know, we, we worked this emote and we used it all season long and now it's just reset. Like nothing ever happened. So like for me as a content creator, I have video to show where it was last season, but for a lot of these players, it's just gone. It's just reset. And like, to me, that's, you know, and, and like I bet you the analytics are probably there. They just they just haven't put a way for you to see them. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of these third party uh, programs like Fortnite Tracker and stuff find a way where you can actually see that data. But again, why not just have it inside the game so that people will keep using the emote? Because I feel like me personally, This emote means less this season than it did last last season. Last season, it was brand new, and it was a cool idea. It was different. It was was an interesting idea that I kind of, like, at first was like, oh, I probably won't get that many, and then I started actually accumulating them, and I was like, oh, how many can I get this season? This season, I'm like, well, if it's just going to reset, why do I care? You know, and uh, that's just me personally. Some people don't care at all about crowns. I just think it'd be really easy to just have, like, for however many seasons you're going to let this be a thing just have it show a win count for each season a crown count for each season i should say
0: yeah it's a it's not easy getting those crown wins so it is something you you kind of want to have a little pride and a little bit of trophy i only got like seven of them yeah and it felt really good every time i got one and for someone like you our, our girl daisy who just had an ass load of crowns you want to be able to ha- to to at least look back and reflect on that if not have a way to kind of show it off a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What
0: what would have been really cool is if they would have released some sort of uh just like a an emote or uh a pickaxe or just something in your inventory that reflects um an achievement of a certain amount of crown wins for a season. Ooh, that's cool. So, so if you make it to 10, you make it to 50, you make it to 100. I'm sure, yep. you're, again, 100 is too too lofty of a goal for most. Um, but, yeah, it just would have been nice to have a, a reward that just says, like, hey, I did this in this season. Yeah. Well, simple. You know?
1: I mean, a great example would this be of uh, for a product that, that actually Epic owns would be the rewards you get from Rocket League for your rank every season. Yeah. You know? So, like... That could like here's there's a way to even get more people involved in your arena or whatever, too, is like how is integrating some of this where, yeah, your crown wins, maybe unlock like a I don't I don't have an answer for this, but maybe maybe at the end of the season, you know, as long as you got the crown emote, you're going to be rewarded this particular harvesting tool. And then based on how many crown wins, you will get X amount of color variations of that harvesting tool. So now you're making one item that everybody gets, right? So everybody that qualifies gets. So there's not a lot of assets. It's just one asset. And then you're making maybe like, I don't know, two two to five color variations based off of like, you know, like you said, one win. 10 wins, 25 wins, 50 wins, 100 wins, right? Like, same same thing you would say with bronze, silver, gold, plat, diamond, you know, in, in Rocket League. So that that would be, right there would be something that I think I'd be way less, I'd be way less like back, like okay with the fact that, um you know, that you reset, you just, you literally just hit a reset button and erased everything, like there's nothing. <laughs> so that's a good idea. I like that. Thank you. You have them every once in a while. Once a quarter?
0: Yeah.
1: I think you're being a little, you know, give yourself a little too much credit, but you know. Anyways, guys, thank you for hanging out.
0: Shut me up a little bit. Let me have once a quarter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, fine. Once a quarter. But uh, we're, we're, we're over the hour mark, guys. We, uh, we had a great show here. We had a lot to talk about, but we'd love to hear what you your thoughts on these topics are. Head over to the Discord. Jump into the GameZilla podcast channel. Let's keep talking about PS Plus uh, updates, the, the Xbox updates, E3 being canceled, and, of course, the new Fortnite season. How are you enjoying it? All that can be discussed over there in the Discord. So, um, yeah. But uh, before we sign off and everything, I w- we want to thank our patrons
0: one more time. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters. Patreon.com slash Media is where you can go to start your patronage today to help keep the GameZilla podcast up and running. Uh, you'll also be supporting the Last Action podcast and Noobs and Dragons, and those guys also appreciate your support for keeping our website up and going and uh, keeping us running. So Patreon.com slash Media is where you can go to help us out.
1: Yep. Thanks again to everybody that's supporting us. All right, with that, uh, we'll wrap it up. This has been episode 370 of the the podcast. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on.
0: Game
1: on.